0: Hey guys, welcome back to Refactoring My Christianity. On this episode, I'll be talking with Alexis from Our Hearts Are Restless, her YouTube channel. I found her because she was talking about her conversion story. She was initially a Mormon, grew up a Mormon, became atheist, and then ended up becoming catholic and we'll touch on her whole journey i just want to say at the outset to all the people listening and also to alexis i'm sorry because there was a issue with uh, a technical glitch that was going on with recording so we couldn't really get it as in depth as i wanted to because it sort of cut with the flow so i really apologize to that uh, and I, hopefully uh, next time because i would love to have her back on because there's so many things i wanted to dive more into in the in the future of her conversion story and getting more in depth into all, all the family dynamics as well but it was still a great episode i really enjoyed talking to her she has amazing insights i learned more about mormonism and how she became atheist and talking about the foundations uh, around all of that so I, I think you all will enjoy this episode so let's uh, just get right into it here we go Hey guys, I'm here with Alexis Gontang who has her own YouTube channel. I think it's called Our Restless Heart, if I'm not mistaken. Our hearts Uh, are
1: restless. Hearts are
0: (laughs) restless. Sorry, I'm already started off and I'm butchering the name. uh, Because in the beginning I have normally show notes right up but I didn't for some reason pull them up but uh, that's just the the, the name of the game. But thank you for uh, being here Alexis. I, I know I came across you with your Faith in your conversion story, and um, I, I really liked seeing your conversion. From you started off as a, a Mormon, then became an atheist, and then ended up in the, the Catholic Church of all places. <laughs> but I'm glad you made it here. Uh, but uh, take me to through like your home life of what got you becoming a Mormon early on in your life. It sounds like, from what I was initially seeing, it was something that your family kind of got into. So, just let's dive into Mormonism as a whole and how you how that faith was for you.
1: Sure. Um so it was my dad actually. Um so my parents are Filipino and I was born in the Philippines and culturally Filipinos are Catholic. Uh, I think 81% or 82% of the population in the Philippines are Catholic. And so my parents were Catholic by tradition. They baptized me when I was a child. Same with my brother and my sister. But we never really went to church. And I didn't know that my dad was Mormon until later on, until we went to Canada. We didn't really live... As Mormons while we were in the Philippines, and so I moved to Canada when I was seven, and um, yeah, my dad converted in his twenties and was basically a secret Mormon. He would go to go to mass with my mom and then apparently one day, like my mom noticed that he had a book of Mormon in his bag and was like what's this and um, and she wanted she converted because she wanted one religion in the house. She was uh, Catholic, and she she was taught by nuns all her life, from kindergarten to to university, basically until university, and um, and yeah, so it was kind of hard for her to become Mormon. Uh, and she had a great devotion to Our Lady, like she did the. Fifty-four day novena and things like that. So my mom was pretty Catholic, um, and my whole my my grandparents on my dad's side are very very Catholic, um, and uh so when I grew up, I had no idea about <laughs> about any of that. And when we when we went to Canada, we my parents decided to raise us Mormons, and so I was baptized when I was eight into the church, and um. And then we started going to to church to the Mormon Church once a week uh, and then eventually and so the missionaries would come uh about once a week to teach us the doctrines of the church um and then and then, about when I was thirteen, fourteen, my parents wanted to move to Vancouver because they wanted to change a bit, and they really wanted to to live more of a mormon life because we would go to church once a week and then that would be that we didn't do anything else like i had had no idea about all the other things like um like baptism for the dead (laughs) that kind of stuff i had no idea um so yeah we moved to vancouver and that's when i became uh really devout Mormon, and it kind of helped that there was a boy that I liked at that time, uh, and it was really, really good for me like I really loved it i I had a good experience, and I followed it pretty blindly um, there's this i think it 's part of Filipino culture too. authority is very important, and you follow your parents kind of thing uh, and even though I was you know, uh, at that time, starting to question some things, I just followed my parents, and I quickly became what they called uh, a my mate's president, which is the president of the group of women between the ages of fifteen to sixteen, seventeen, um, and and yeah, and then I I went to the temple. You have to get like a temple recommend for that, where they interview you. Um and so I I went to seminary, which is basically like catechism. And you start that when you're in high school. And so you would go wake up in the morning at seven <laughs> seven in the morning or seven thirty until eight thirty every day, um, Monday to Friday, you would be basically catechized the Mormon way. And then on Saturdays or Friday evenings there would be you know events dances things like that um and then on sunday you would go to church for three hours because you have sacrament meeting and then and then you get taught for an hour in your in your group for um younger people if you're in the younger people you have relief society for the women priesthood for the men uh and yeah so it's three hours (laughs) Of church every sunday and so you're very when you're mormon you're very active and it's part of mormon life and what's one of the good things i think about mormons is they're very very close uh, or they at least try to have a very close community
0: mm-hmm. so, that's that's what it sounds like from what i've l- l- read about or learned about the the mormon life at least their love of community and how they foster community seems like it's a, a, a main driving factor maybe of keeping people in the faith as a whole yeah. um and it, it's really it's really fascinating to see cuz mormon as a whole or, or lds or whatever they want to be called it's um they do i have to give them props they do do a lot of great things at least in society these days with the the secular culture and you Mm -hmm. have mormons fighting back with putting out pretty good content when it comes to to that type of stuff with different types of books but let's talk about like the the faith of because you now you're you're diving into mormonism as a whole so for people that don't say me as a credo catholic don't haven't really understood Mormonism or don't, doesn't have really have a grasp of it, a, a total grasp. So you hear like the, the remnants of people on the outside mm-hmm. talking about it, maybe a little more disparaging than they should be. And uh, it, they kind of paint it. If you paint it in a negative light, um, how would you describe the faith of the, the, the Mormon faith as a whole?
1: Okay. First off, I want to say that when you're Mormon, and I'm sure this is the same for many other people in different religions. When you're Mormon, you believe that you're a Christian. Like You don't believe that you're some sort of cult or any anything like that or a sect. You believe that you're Christian. And that was the same when I was Mormon. I thought everybody believed exactly as I believed, which is normal, especially when you're younger. Um, but uh, so in Mormonism, basically... Uh, not too long after Christ left, there was a uh, great apostasy, and so basically the church just fell apart. <laughs> um, and up until when Joseph Smith came, um, and uh, the whole thing is that Joseph Smith, at that time, he he wanted to know which church to join because there were so many churches popping up. And uh, apparently all of the churches were an, abom- an abomination. He was to establish a new church by God. And that would be what we now call the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, the thing about Mormons too that is essential is that heaven is really different. It's not like there there is no hell. There is a place called outer darkness. Uh, and there, then there's the celestial kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom and the celestial kingdom. Uh, so there are three kingdoms and, um, and you want to go to the top and at the top, there are three other levels. And at the very, very top, you get exaltation in which you basically become God. So for Mormons, Jesus was someone like you and me. He was a normal man. Uh, that basically reached exaltation. Uh, and, and so that's what we're doing here on earth, basically. We're basically getting, going through life to get to that, to be exalted beings. And there is pre-existence in Mormonism. So Christ was a person that was born, uh, in heaven in the celestial kingdom to another person to elohim who was another person that went through the whole process and uh basically he god so let's let's put it in simpler terms god wanted uh to know what we should do uh jesus was there uh lucifer was there lucifer had an idea jesus had an idea and Jesus' idea was better <laughs> and so he was chosen to be the son and you see what i mean um yeah. <laughs> it is it's a lot there's a the thing it's, it's it's a lot of of stuff i don't i don't want to confuse everybody and i don't want to confuse myself too it's been a while um no i mean you, you i think you
0: painted a, a a good enough understanding at least from what i've gathered also while researching and going down um just out of curiosity of um you see a lot of people talking about Mormonism and their experience and then coming to to faith in Christ, the, the, the true church and all that. And it's, it's really fascinating because what, while you're in the faith, was it, was there something in particular that was like gnawing at you? Like, Oh, this wasn't quite right. Because I know you went from, you were a Mormon, then you became atheist. And was that because if you look more into Mormonism and, their belief that we were uh, you know there there was god was a man at certain points and then it's it, if you start going back at some point when you talk to to mormons there has to be an infinite like a, an initial being of some sort um but yeah. th- that's where the logical in my head was like th- that falls apart was there something that like in your experience cuz you're probably in it so it's probably harder for you to realize those inconsistencies when you're already, um, you see that with a lot of things where you're, you're mm-hmm. constantly being talked about, it, you're talking about it. And was there something that kind of stood out all of a sudden that clicked in your mind? and was like, Oh, now this, I can't believe this. And that led you down the path of, Oh, I don't, I can't trust any of these types of religions, which then mm-hmm. brought you into atheism or was that there am my off base there.
1: There was, okay. So I was in a, a bubble right i was in a pretty good bubble i mean i did have friends uh that were not uh, mormons but it was such a close-knit close-knit community it wasn't until later when i met my my future husband my now husband um and it was through because i was so in it I never really asked questions, like I said. Like I took authority, and that's another thing, too, with Mormonism. There is great authority, and you take it as it is. And so for the first time, uh, my husband at the time, he's atheist, and we started talking, and it was the first time I had ever talked to an atheist in a way where it wasn't just fighting,
0: <laughs> and
1: it wasn't just arguing. He was asking questions about God, how is it possible that God can be good and let people suffer? That was one of the biggest questions. Like I had, I couldn't answer, and I just, I would just spout out Mormon answers. Uh, And like we have emails of it and like letters, physical letters about it. Um, And like I've read it, and it was just regurgitating what I had been taught. I would never really answer the question. And so with that question especially on suffering that was the trigger. So it wasn't any Mormon um issue, it was mainly it was more god. like broader. It was broader, yeah, it was the topical. god issue because I'd never asked like how is it possible that god exists logically speaking without having to um ask from authority in the church or from the bible mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um And I would look back because um, I looked back at my life. So I was born with, um, what's it called? Jejunal atresia, which is like a part of my intestines were closed. And I wasn't given much time to live. Uh, And luckily, I I have been given that time. And then my mom and my dad, I had a, a sister and she died at two. Because she also had like uh, a complication but much graver and she she suffered a lot and so did my parents. And then my mom had another like a, a miscarriage. And so I thought this through. I was like, okay, there's so much that happened to my parents. Like, yes, they're not perfect. Like, but why? They're, they love God. But why would he do that kind of thing? Um, and I had no answer. And I didn't get satisfactory answers from authority anyway. Uh, not even for my parents, unfortunately. Yes, and I'm the sure kind of question, if,
0: like your, found, your foundation is not rooted in, like, the, the truth, truth, it's kind of hard to kind of parse through um, those difficult, deep questions. And if your foundation is kind of shaky to begin with when you're diving in and trying to go deeper with the faith that you've been given and you can't really find those answers, this kind of leads you to, like, emptiness, I guess, or like grasping um for straws and it leaves you kind of um I guess how how you were where you just don't have the answer.
1: Yeah. It leaves definitely. you distraught. Definitely. I just uh like I would ask my parents, I'd ask like church leaders and I wouldn't get any answer. And it wasn't I'm not saying that they were against asking those kinds of questions. But a little bit. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. um it wasn't encouraged upon. yeah <laughs> because church teaching is church teaching. church teaching. well i can't i can't speak church teaching um yeah so i i and you know my husband grew atheist so he was atheist all his life and asked these questions and i couldn't answer him and he gave me more satisfactory answers at least at the time i thought they made sense and so i uh, I started looking into it, like why are there atheists? Like I couldn't believe that I had one family member that was atheist, and he, unfortunately, he is a bad person. And so, I, to me, I was like, okay, well, I can't be atheist because that's, you know, a, mm-hmm. it was a prejudice, right? Uh, but I started to look into it, so I started reading Dawkins. I started reading Hitchens, listening to their stuff. You know that, especially at the time, it was the the new atheists mm, um, when well, that became a craze. Exactly. So that got the ball rolling, and uh, and yeah, that's that's eventually I ended up leaving the church because I th- I thought, well, if God doesn't exist, then that means Mormonism isn't true. Hmm
0: yeah so that you knew now if god doesn't exist and if you have that foundation of um you can't really grasp or get the answers that you're you're seeking so that probably led to the compounding effect of like oh then god must just not exist period um and that led you to that that atheist phase and uh, how l- long were you um in that said atheist uh phase Um, would you say
1: i think it was between 2009 until 2000 2014 is when my husband brought up the catholic Mm, church
0: so it was so it was little ways and i'm curious because i've gone through those atheistic phases where it's sort of like uh, where you put more emphasis on material stuff and it's kind of like it's honestly like dark and depressing sometimes what is what was that like for that phase for you? Do you like reflect back on that being a dark time or an okay time? Or ha- how was that period for you?
1: I, After figuring out or th- thinking, I figured out that God didn't exist. I then went on to looking up stuff about Mormonism and why it's, why it's not true. And mm-hmm. so that's when I thought, okay, that, that really is crazy. Like I didn't know about that. There's a lot of um, Freemasonry. In, in Mormonism that I didn't know I didn't know Freemasonry was a thing <laughs> um, and, and even the fact that um, you can be Mormon but you can also practice an, a different faith you know like you can have kind of two, So more, it was well known that Joseph Smith was Mormon but he was also a Freemason a practicing Freemason and that was okay Interesting, and that's in the articles of faith that you can practice whatever religion you want So Um,
0: theoretically, could you be a a Mormon and also a Catholic at the same time?
1: Kind of, yeah, (laughs) or a a Mormon and a Buddhist, a Mormon and uh, a Mason, a Mormon and anything. You're allowed to. You're free to practice or believe what you want.
0: Did they give reasons? I think it was just an excuse for Joseph
1: Smith. I think it was an excuse for Joseph Smith to practice Freemasonry. Because there is a lot of Freemasonry, like um, that's from the from the temple endowments, like when you're sealed, your family Mm -hmm. clothes that you wear, from the gestures with the hands, it's all there. Um, And then and so but when I became atheist, I was pretty I became I guess I guess I became more confident in myself because I was trying to seek the truth. And so I was a little happier because I w I didn't feel like I was just believing something because I believed it, Uh which is, which was how I felt when I was younger. Um, and that's what I really loved about, um, my husband is that we're both looking for the truth. Like no matter how crazy it is, uh, you know, you're humbled by truth because it's always something that (laughs) you never thought it would be. Um, so I, at the time, like I, my, my relationship with my parents kind of, uh, you know, took a turn for the worst. You know, I tried to remove my name from, from the records, which then, then the, the church sent me a letter saying, if we remove your name, then that means we're going to remove all of the blessings. So the sealing ceremony, you're going to be taken away from your parents because Mormons believe in a, a fam in families being together forever. So, uh, You, your wife, your children, you're going to be a family forever and ever. Yeah, so when you're sealed, you're with your family forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, And it's the same with your children, spouses and children, et cetera, et cetera. So it goes on and on. So for my parents, when they found out that I wanted my name removed and the church contacted them, uh, it was devastating for them because they wanted to keep me in their family in heaven basically mm-hmm. and i was destroying that for them so i didn't uh, there was a time like i didn't talk to them like i moved i moved to france i got married i moved to france and i didn't talk to them for like a year or very little um but i think all in all in general it was my time as an atheist i was i never went crazy <laughs> that's good. i never you know went partying or you know the, the crazy the crazy phase a lot of people go through um, but I I just I think I just lived life I I was less worried about what people saw it um, and there was you know I guess my moral understanding um, or the bar of morality kind of went a little down you know dipped a mm-hmm. little bit but for it the most part I just, yeah and i I just lived and didn't care I'm sure
0: at least because you're talking about your um you're just you're searching for truth and trying to find some version of truth and I think it, it one of the things I've been listening to about um the purpose of our lives um, is that it's sort of the the desire to get back to God to better understand truth and that ultimately leads us back to him and i think that maybe that's why you're still you still had that peace to you because you're actively searching you weren't saying oh god doesn't exist you're now learning and trying to decipher and maybe this was a slow gentle guidance of the lord above to try to get you away from that area and and maybe slowly guide you into because he understands you better than yeah. probably you and better he understands us better than we <laughs> understand ourselves which which is uh, always funny that we fight him uh yeah. tooth and nail sometimes but it, it just kind of guiding you because you probably knew that you'd be a truth seeker and wanting to continue down uh, you and your husband which it seems like is divine providence that he came into your life even though yeah. he was an atheist and now where where you ended up and it's really It it just goes to show when you start seeking and diving into the truth more, it naturally leads you back to God. And it's good to to see that you ended up um, where you ended up and where you said your husband, which is really fascinating that your husband actually introduced the idea of the, the, the Catholic church or was it, was it the Catholic faith or was it just Christianity as a whole? No, it then... was
1: Catholic. It was the Catholic. Interesting. Faith. My husband loves history and he loves literature. Uh, he's French. Uh, and um, he noticed that whenever he reads literature, there's always a mention of God, but not just God, the Catholic. God, you know what I mean, <laughs> and the Catholic mm-hmm. Church in a lot of French literature, and since he loves history, I mean, and we've always loved. This. It's a grace that I think God gave us. Luckily, um, when I moved to France, it was the first time I was surrounded by so many churches, beautiful, beautiful churches. And as an atheist, I would go in because I just thought it was so beautiful. I would just sit and look. You know, especially in the summer, it's nice and cool. It's a good place to just sit and, you know, uh, relax. And I loved it. I, I always loved going in the, in the churches. Um, so, yeah, he always had a, um, a desire for learning history. And I, want, I, think, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's because so he was reading literature and there's always a mention of the Catholic Church. And he thought, OK, well, I don't know much about the Catholic Church except for what I know. <laughs> taught by the what you school know. yeah the public school yeah. of France <laughs> uh, which is very you know the French Revolution after the French Revolution that's what you get taught the Catholic Church is horrible
0: mm-hmm. and all
1: these atrocities you know then the main ones um, uh, Inquisition Crusades blah 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 and so he said okay well I'll just read the Gospels just to see right um mm-hmm. so he did, and he but he came up to um and he read Before Abraham I am. And for some reason he read that and something like woke him up. And I think that he told me that that was the beginning. And then so one day, out of nowhere, my husband comes up to me. He's like, you know, I think I think the Catholic Church you know, God might be, might be real, you know? <laughs> and I thought like, you know, out of all the churches, <laughs> out of all the religions, the Catholic church, like it's so crazy, it's so backward, like it's so anti-woman, that's so anti, <laughs> you know, the Crusades, the Inquisition, <laughs> all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where it started. But since we had, our relationship was very, it was founded initially from the very beginning on a good friendship and open conversation i was open to listen to him took a while but i was open to to listen to him and to look it up myself and that's that's how it started
0: awesome that that's amazing that that's kind of a really amazing that he's he read that passage and it sort of lit something up Inside of him, and then also that you were so receptive to the idea because th- that's something like I think we as a society need more of is that you have these people that you love and respect and understand. And in today's society, when they say something that you disagree with adamantly, you immediately push it off as crazy, or they've gone down the deep end or gone off the deep end or whatnot. And it's, it's, Kind of a showcases of what maybe that's we should be more open to our loved ones and what they communicate to us because obviously there's a reasoning behind why they were uh, they are starting to think this and instead of pushing it off but start learning why they think this way picking their brain and understand it and then maybe that'll uh, us have other people dive into the topic and maybe they they can find out more information why they are more set in their ways of this is ridiculous this is not true or not but at least have a a good faith discussion about it and that's beautiful to see because in in our polarized society today it's just you would see something like that and people will be like no i'm not going to talk to (laughs) you anymore uh but that's really beautiful so now you're you're kind of interested in the catholic church and so take me from now you're you're interested you're you're thinking about it you're learning more about it was there something that uh was it just continuous conversations you had with your husband was there something specific that you read yourself that kind of triggered in your mind it's like oh yes this is this is the 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 church and this is where i believe um truth actually lies
1: I think it, I never had that St. Paul moment, you
0: know, where it's just, you know. <laughs> Getting knocked off your horse. Uh, exactly.
1: Cool. I, I wish I did, but it, w- it was very slow. And I don't know, perhaps because I am a woman, God's way of speaking to women is through the heart a lot of the times. and And so, yeah, I did read stuff. And I spoke a lot with my husband, talked about it, but I think because we would go visit churches more often, and then he would tell me bits and pieces about, you know, this like we went to see uh, Saint catherine Laboure, la Laboure, uh in Paris. And for some reason, like, so we saw her incorruptible body and i was just i thought it was fascinating that all these people are here and that there's this body that's there um incorruptible bodies is one one of those things um that blew my mind uh and uh and for some reason at that church i, I wanted to buy a rosary and i went mm. to buy a rosary <laughs> cuz <'Cause> i <laughs> i remember seeing them at my grandma's um and my grandma always had one um i think yeah one of the things that made me interested back uh to God were near death experiences. Stories of people who died and came back to life and had remarkable stories. And it's it's because they are from different parts of the world and there were atheists as well as believers who have had these experiences. And a lot of the time, well, every single one of them either goes to, to one place or the other. Mm-hmm and when they come back they explain that was a big big thing for me I'm like there's no way that these people could you know make this up Uh, and 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 for what what advantage is what I thought because people think oh that's crazy they're just making it up I'm like yeah but why why would you want to be that person who people would make fun of uh, because you're saying this crazy crazy uh, story Um, so near death experiences brought me back and exorcists because when you're mm. when you're away from God, you're very intrigued by evil. Uh, you know, isn't that fascinating? Love... I know,
0: I know. How like you're you're away from God and like you're you you see the big thing nowadays is like people are interested in like even back when growing up people were interested in like ghost hunting or yeah. a lot of the different exorcisms or demons searching. It's really fascinating that people are so like oh yeah i believe in demons but they can't make the next step okay if if, if demons the spirits exist then maybe there's like the ultimate good on the opposite end which is mm-hmm. god maybe we should uh, let's guide more of that direction as well it's just Definitely. really fascinating because i i completely relate with that where during that phase of my time i was like really enthralled with just the the supernatural so to speak and like ghost hunting and exorcisms and just all, I couldn't get enough of it so that's really just I just wanted to interject there I thought that was yeah, fascinating no, it's,
1: it really is when you are far away from God as he lets he'll let it happen he'll let you take a look at evil as one way of getting you back um, so exorcisms uh, interviews from priests who've done exorcisms things like that um, and there was also a man- I think his name is Rodney King. I hope, I hope this is his name, but he was a Satanist who became Catholic. Um, he's pretty famous i don't remember I'm pretty sure that's his name um, and he would explain what would happen uh during these uh black masses as well um so people like that too T- testimonies from people who have gone you know, to the darkest places on this earth and have come to the light, you know, uh, that helped a lot in conversion. It was very, very slow for me and I had to accept it slowly but surely. And it was only later on where I would look up how it's logically possible. Because, yeah, God speaks to you in two ways, in the heart and in the mind. He began with the heart for me. (laughs) Uh, And then later on, I'll look up stuff by myself (laughs) because it is, I love the Catholic Church, but there is a lot to know. And when you're on the outside, it's just so much. And uh, lives of the saints were great too. Uh, I remember this one woman, we started going to the Latin Mass and there was, I was already on my way to becoming Catholic, but there was this woman who would give me little booklets about saints, uh, and then I would just give it to her at the end of the week uh, every Sunday, and so that yeah, those those kinds of things brought me to the church. Um, and uh, people like Fulton J. Sheen, <laughs> uh, you know, I remember him coming, you know, popping on my YouTube. I'm like, who is this man? Who is this old man? All right, I'll give him a try. And that charisma, and the way he taught—it's—he just sounded so smart, and he knew—he knew how to answer difficult questions, Um, uh, and that's why I really liked listening to him. Uh, Doctor E. Michael Jones was a big part of this too when I was converting, Uh, especially for, especially when I was more atheist. Uh, before I was, I was just warming up to, to the church because there were a lot of things that were going on in the world, still going on in the world. I just didn't understand, and he kind of put it together for me. <laughs> and he was also very, he's also a really, really smart man. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> those are a few things that brought me back. Uh,
0: we're back after some technical <laughs> issues my end alexis and my ends it's been uh it's been a little bit of a hassle but i I was gonna say before this whole (laughs) rigmarole that we just went through i was gonna say that it seems like the the promulgating idea when you go to like public school or whatever you're being taught at least now in society is that people that are religious they don't have like a cognitive bone in their body or they're not thinking or they're they're kind of like hillbillies of sorts that just don't Mm -hmm. they don't properly think and that was really fascinating for me jumping into the coming back because i was a cradle catholic and then went through my secular atheism era but diving into the theology of it all and the deep critical Mm -hmm. thinkers that it, it, it that brought me back to like oh there's a lot of smart people that actually have put a lot of thought into this a lot more than I actually have <laughs> maybe I should uh, look into it in a, on a more deeper level and then that was what ultimately led me back and I think one of the uh, another thing that you you pointed out earlier that I wanted to touch on is just the fact that we talk about yeah there's truth when it comes to the church and faith but I think a lot of things that need to be tied in that we don't talk about, another pillar is just the beauty, can be a a way to evangelize to people when their cognitive senses aren't open to the idea, but the beauty of it all can reach a deeper level, and that's what you see with a lot of churches in Europe and some cathedrals here in the States, which there's some just normal uh, churches here, which I think they could make it a little bit more beautiful but when you (laughs) compare catholic churches to say protestant churches uh, on average here in the states it's the beauty it's kind of you can't match the beauty of the the buildings itself and also the beauty of the the process the liturgy uh, of the mass as a whole and just the, the 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 reverence of it all that you can't not feel it you can't not see it you can't not experience it and i think that's also, another way to evangelize people, which I think you touched on how you ended up, you would just sit in churches just because they're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you were away from the heat, but also you got to experience the, the beauty of the church. And mm-hmm. th- th- that probably spoke to you on the emotional level, which is what you were mentioning, how yeah. that's how God talked to you, where it sounded like your husband was, definitely... was more on like the, the thinking level, but you was the, the emotional.
1: It helped connect Initially. with people in the past for me. Uh, I lived in Poitiers and there's a church there from the sixth century and I got to go in there and I lived in Strasbourg and Strasbourg and there's a church there uh, that was a thousand years old okay and then I live where I am um, and there's a church that just turned a thousand years old and when you have that physical thing this beautiful beautiful church and you just like like man made that but what would imp- you know what would impel a man to make something that beautiful if god didn't exist what's the point of making that why is that there um and that's that really was something i had to i was thinking about I, <laughs> a lot and it's just there's nothing because beauty is a transcendent right and no matter what you believe it will bring you to god no, you you cannot help it it's stronger than you and that's why I, that is something that i wish our protestants brothers and sisters who are so against images if they could just only understand that it's just it, it opens the doors to people who are not inclined intellectually you know, what okay. I mean, it really is beauty just can just bring you to God and open your mind up to him. And um, Yeah, <laughs> just wanted to add that. It's just <laughs> it was just amazing. Like it, it, I'm surrounded by it. And the funny thing is all these French people who are because France is now a secular country. Majority of people are not Catholic or even believe in anything. They don't realize they're so because I grew up in Toronto in Canada and I remember going to Montreal. It was the same experience because in Montreal there are these beautiful, beautiful churches, Catholic churches, and and when you're so out of that and you just you dive in and this beauty just bathes <laughs> you, bathe in it, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's you put that in a way more elegant way than I do. <laughs> uh, but um, what? So now like you're you're interested in the church um what was your conversion like and and how are you um, now like looking back on the, the whole experience and, and the, do you have one the advice for people that are going through the process that maybe were in your shoes before and and give them some some i guess positives of where you are now and how how you're feeling relative to where you were throughout your periods of
1: life uh, so the first part of your question it was one thing that was hard for me to to understand was mass like i didn't fully understand it and my husband so our conversion started here in france then we moved to canada we i moved back to canada with my husband um and so and it was only in Canada that we started attending Mass regularly and seeking uh, eventually a priest. Because um, we would just dabble here and there from time to time, you know, look and see, watch a Mass. And then, um, but we, it wasn't regular, but it was only in Canada we started going regularly. But for my husband, he's French. So Eng- he speaks English fluently. But to him, since God is such a personal. His relationship is personal. It's weird to do Mass in English. And so we went Mm. to a French Mass. Uh, But before that, he was like, oh, you want to try the Latin one? I was like, why? Why? I don't understand that. Um, I don't understand Latin. I know French, eventually. Um, So I was against it (laughs) in the beginning because I just didn't understand. Uh, But to him, English is really weird to speak to God. Because he speaks to God in in French eventually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, well, yeah. Um, And so we would go, we went to a French Mass, uh, went to an English Mass, French Mass. And there was one point, it was just a little too, unfortunately, at this parish, it was too Protestant. I was looking, I was so used to seeing the Catholic Church, the Mass, like in the movies. You know, everybody has the vestments, altar boys. <laughs> that was like, from mm-hmm. a person standing outside looking in, that was my, that's what I expected. But it was completely different. Um, and there was one mass we went to, it was just a little too much for me. I, like I, and for him, it was just, uh, there were liturgical uh, abuses, basically. And so mm. I, that, that, that day I said, okay, right, uh, I'll try. Latin mass. What, what, what harm could it mm-hmm. do? And I remember walking in. Can't be worse
0: than what you were just
1: coming from. Uh, no, no, it could, it could not. It could not. Uh, and so I walked in and we walked in. Okay, We found a church, a diocesan um, Latin mass. And we walked in. It was quiet. It was the first time that I heard a church quiet before mass. Usually there were people walking, talking. You know, going in and out of the church, it was quiet. And then, what was amazing was the women were veiled. And at this point, I wasn't completely, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be Catholic. But when I saw them, I said, yeah, I, I want to be Catholic. For some reason, that image of this woman, it's you would think, or someone from the outside, would think, uh, oh, wow, this is so oppressive. Like, why are they? You know, how yeah, can we can how can the, we can well, distinguish them? You were No, I was. Yeah, I looked at them, and that beauty of seeing men and women just blew my mind. I, I, it was some, it was this grace that came because I looked and I was like, wow, this is still a thing, (laughs) like, this is a thing, (laughs) like, women veil. And I thought it was beautiful, I thought it was absolutely. Beautiful and it and I immediately got a veil the week after. I wasn't Catholic yet, but I got a veil right at the week after. I told my husband, I was like, okay, we're gonna go here every day, every Sunday. And that's what happened. And right, and the funny, the most amazing thing. So we go to the the first Latin mass ever. And at the end of the service, like, we didn't know what was going on, <laughs> of course. Um, and then we go outside and the church as the service is ended, mass has ended. And there's a priest waiting uh, and he's like, oh, are you looking for Father Roy? And I said, oh, no, no, we're actually thinking of converting to the Catholic faith. And he's like, oh, really? You know, like, I, well, talk to me kind of thing. And his, <laughs> the amazing thing was that his sister was, is Mormon. And so like he knew exactly, what? you know, my, my situation. I, don't know, I thought was I thought it was just, it was God sent basically. I was like, this is amazing, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it was so, even though it was a slow process, I think it was that moment when I saw the women going to mass and I just couldn't believe, it, w- it was beautiful. Like, I had no idea, I didn't understand anything during the mass, but it was so different from everything we had seen before. And this desire to go to mass that I, I didn't really have, it just came and so we went
0: <laughs> maybe it was the, the reason you you felt that uh grace come over you is it kind of brought back like you were getting connected with tradition that spanned yeah back all of ancient history and that because so, you're talking about how you connected with that with the, with the churches throughout history and now you're connecting with the tradition that was passed on uh, in each generation and you yeah. can sort of see now it, it allows you to visually see the, the the roles that god placed for man and woman in like a visual uh, way definitely it, it maybe it allows definitely.
1: you to I think experience also that because i was born in the philippines but when i was seven i moved to canada and I grew up in Canada. But then when I was 20, I moved to France. And so I always had... And we moved a million times when I was a kid. And so I always had this feeling of never belonging to a, re, a place. But at this point, when I came into the church, I was like, yeah, I, I belong here. Like, this is this is home kind of thing. Uh, which is something I hadn't mm-hmm. felt. I mean, I love... I, I know that my place physically on this earth is France. I love France. But like home in the whole sense is the church. And it is something mm-hmm. I had never felt, not even as a Mormon, as much as I loved being Mormon. It wasn't like when I came into the church, when I was, when I became Catholic.
0: that That's beautiful. Is there um, anything to oh, yeah. kind of wrap it up to, to um, say, to provide any like encouragement?
1: Um take it slow and um and pray it's really uh prayer was a little difficult going back in but i had uh i talked about this before i had a a really horrible habit of masturbation and the only someone told me well the priest told me pray to mary and i did and I kept praying and praying and praying. And Our Lady is so, so powerful. And it wasn't the only time, but when that happened, it was another. It was another affirmation. Like, okay, you're right. Okay, I have to keep going. I have to. The church is true. You know, um, uh, just trust in trust in the Lord. It's not. You're not going to know everything, <laughs> even when you become Catholic. That's another thing. Um, there's so much to learn and just take it you know with humility and since becoming catholic i think one of the greatest graces that god has given me and i think every catholic eventually is the grace of of charity towards people i i pray for enemies which is something so weird like as a human being like People think like, "Oh, it's just a made up church. It's a made up religion." I'm like, "Yeah, but what human right? What human being in his right mind mm-hmm. would make loving your enemies, you know, uh, a commandment? Why?" <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, and actively and actively praying for them because that is like the and
1: actively wanting good for them that you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, take it, take it, take it to God. Pray to Our Lady; she will intercede and uh yeah, that's I think that's it. Read a lot too <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: beautiful well uh, i I hope that people got a lot out of this discussion uh, this I would love to have you back on to dive more. Uh, maybe we won't have technical <laughs> issues, but it was still a, I really enjoyed learning your experience, and I honestly want to dive more into it um but <laughs> Obviously, we have a a time crunch with the time differences, so it's late for you, which I, again, appreciate you being on. And um, so I'll make sure to put uh, go check out our uh, YouTube channel, um, and I'll put that all in the descriptions. Is there any final, final things you want to say before we wrap?
1: Uh, Thank you so much. This is awesome, and I hope uh, (laughs) God bless all of you. (laughs)
0: beautiful amen hey guys thank you for watching this video i hope you guys enjoyed this interview i always enjoyed all the interviews that i do if you are new to this channel or this podcast please subscribe to the podcast or the youtube channel whichever way you are watching it if you are on podcast platforms listen up Listen, I would like you to subscribe, obviously, and then leave the podcast a five-star review, whether you are on Spotify or whether you are on Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast grow. And as always, just share this podcast with your friends and family. Also, share this YouTube video if you just want to share the YouTube video as well. If you're here on YouTube, that is the best way we can grow this community as a whole. And go to AdamBuckingham.Locals.com if you want to join the community and also support the podcast. So hopefully we can do bigger and better things and have bigger and better interviews. And I can interact with all of you all on a one-to-one basis. So go do that. And until next time, I hope you have a blessed week. Bye.